Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's time to get inside the Giants' home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Boom, give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. Welcome to our usual Tuesday episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast. Brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York football Giants. John Schmelk, Sean O'Hara with you. Hey, Johnny. I'm, How I'm you doing, buddy. I'm doing okay. Better yeah. than I was a couple days ago. I'm hanging by a thread, man. I'm re- I'm reading the books called Don't Jump right now. That's a scene, <laughs> that's a scene from Wedding Crashers for any movie buffs out there. It is um, self help books. Right now, now that's what we're all in. We're not going to focus very much on the Cowboys game because you go back to the previous episode of the John Settle podcast. Sean was on with Madeline right after the game, reacting yeah. to it. So, yeah. uh, no need to 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 rehash a lot of those details. But I will. Give you a chance two days off of that 49-17 defeat. You've had time to ruminate, to stew, to boil, to simmer. What is your kind of overall takeaway walking away from that game? You know, I'm frustrated at here we are at this point in the season and we're still just having a hard time with the elementary aspect of football, which is blocking. And look, the Dallas Cowboys defense, look, they're one of the best in the league. And we saw it in week one, rear its ugly head. Um, but in, in order to be successful offensively, you've got to block and you've got to be consistent with that. So um, until we get that figured out, um, you know, it's going to be tough sledding. Um, I, I thought Tommy DeVito, like going into his very first start of his NFL career on the road against Dallas, prime time, dealing with the noise, and your very first start, your the first drive of your first start is on the three-inch line. I will say this. Look, there are mistakes that Tommy DeVito made. There are good throws that Tommy DeVito made. But the thing that I appreciate the most is this kid did not flinch. and He did not no look point, overmatched. He didn't look like he like the stage was too big for him. Like There was a play, and, Sean, just to give an example to back you up here real quick. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. All good. But there was a th- play where the first quick read, I think it was like a third and five, was a throw to the right. It was supposed to get Slayton on a little stop route. Yeah. And Stephen Gilmore baited him. Yeah. He sat in the off position. Actually, I think it was Curse because Gilmore had the man on man coverage, but Curse was on the safety on that side, and he read the play. And as soon as he turned that way, Curse broke on the ball. And if Tommy DeVito throws that pass, it's a pick six the other, oh, way. other way. And he held it. Yeah. And he saw Curse. He did not just do the what the robot program on this play what you're supposed to do. He saw it. Now he ended up holding it, taking a sack. But I feel like most other first start undrafted rookie quarterbacks throws that pass and J. Ron Curse is running the other way with a with a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's definitely growth there. And I think you that's something to definitely hang your hat on. 
um, the toughness aspect of it, like he took some big shots, some big hits, and there was a couple times where it was like, oh my gosh, like is, is Barkley coming in the game? Like, and you know his arm looks like it's numb, it's dangling, and you know what, he shook it off. No, like like I'm getting up, I'm gonna, I'm playing. Like, like there was no look in his eye at any point in time where it was like, you know what, I want out of this game or I don't belong here. So. I thought that was big. And then the way that they finished, like, look, I know the touchdown at the end of the game didn't mean anything. It didn't affect the spread. It didn't affect anything other than, guess what? Tommy DeVito, can he can make some throws. And the fact that he threw for two touchdowns, like Giants fans, look, we're like, I mean, that, that has not been something we've been great at for the last couple of years, passing touchdowns. So um, I think that was something that you can kind of build on. Um you know, hopefully that translates, and now into next week you see them kind of layering some things. But um, Andrew Thomas going down um, was going to be a huge blow if he didn't make it back in. Thankfully, he came back in the game. But what a luxury it is to have a guy like Justin Pugh who could slide literally seamlessly from guard to tackle and then back into guard. So um, hopefully they, they can find a way to kind of get everything going, stay on the field on third down, string some drives together, and score some points. Um, you look around the league right now, there were six games won this past week on a game-ending field goal. Like, never never done before in the NFL. It's an NFL record. So you kind of ask yourself, like, what's worse, losing on a last-second field goal or losing the way the Buffalo Bills did on a field goal that they missed and then there's a penalty and that, or losing like the Giants did or the Dallas Cowboys. Look, losing stinks in any way, shape, or form. Um, but... You know, I think uh, I think when you look around the league, like there's a lot of really close games, and and teams are finding out that's one or two plays away from that. So um, hopefully the Giants can get on the right side of all of that. And look, if they want to play in some more of these close games, Sean, with Tommy DeVito as your starting quarterback, at least for two more games, we'll see what happens. Tyrod Taylor will be eligible to return after the bye week. Yeah. You have Washington, New England, heading into this game against Dallas. We knew it was going to be tough sledding for the offense. Dallas's defense is too good. Yeah. The Giants' defense had to step up and keep the offense in the game a little bit, and they failed to do that. And it's the second straight week. They gave up 20 points in the first half to Vegas when they hadn't scored 20 points in a game all year long. Then Dallas, they give up 28 points in, in the first half. And they did get a couple stops early. The Giants couldn't convert on that quarter flat interception. It was a great trap coverage. It was really well disguised. I had to go back on tape and watch the play seven or eight times. Then Wink still had to explain to me when I saw him in the cafeteria what they were trying to do on it. But, Sean, this defense has to step up and play better, especially this week against the Washington team. Look, they scored 26 against Seattle. Sam Howell leads the NFL in passing yards. But this is not the Dallas Cowboys. This is not the Philadelphia Eagles. This is not the 49ers. This giant defense has to play better, and they have the ability to play better, but they have certainly have in the last couple of weeks. No, it's a great point. And, you know, just to kind of, since it's fresh on my mind, I think back to the Monday night game, right? Buffalo against the Denver Broncos. The first play of the game, you know, James Cook coughs the ball up right there. So the Bills go from being on offense to all of a sudden, sudden change. Their defense has to come out on the field. And what do they do? They, they, they make the Broncos kick a field goal, they hold them to that. And instead of it being seven to nothing right out of the gate, it's three to nothing. They did that multiple times, and it kept them in the game. The Giants have actually done a good job of that all season long defensively, with the exception of the last two weeks. And we talked about this last last week, the Leonard Williams effect of not having him there. This, to me, all stems from not being able to stop the run. Josh Jacobs went off against the Giants. He had done nothing all season long, 
and he basically rushed for 100 yards against the Giants himself. And then, you know, against Dallas, they couldn't stop the the, the run either. I think it was 156 yards rushing. Rigo Daddle had a couple um, explosive runs against them. And, and that, to me, is the number one aspect of a defense. Stop the run. We have to stop the run. They have not been able to do that two weeks in a row now. And when you do that, then you make third down a little bit better. You make it a little bit tougher on the offense. Now it's third and seven, third and six. You can get after the quarterback. We have not seen much quarterback pressure. Two weeks in a row now, zero sacks against the Raiders. It was just one quarterback pressure, and it was Micah McFadden. It wasn't even anybody up front. So those things, those two, to me, go hand in hand. You've got to earn the right to rush the passer by stopping the run on first and second down. And then third down, you can get after their you-know-what. Um, that's got to be uh, of, of utmost importance for both Wink Martindale and for this Giants defense. When I went back, I thought Dexter Lawrence and Ashawn Robinson were both good against the run. Uh, they had a couple issues when those guys weren't in the game. Is this a, not having Leonard Williams there issue, Sean, and it kind of is a trickle-down effect from that, or is this just bad technique and team defense? I think it's probably a little bit of, of both. The, obviously, Leonard Williams losing him as a player in the run game, he, he was a tough tackle. I mean, he, he was a tough defensive tackle to block. And anytime you want to run the football well, your guards have to do a great job, especially against guys like Leonard Williams. So uh, for Ashawn Robinson coming in, you know, look, it's you're not going to just get the same exact production by just plugging somebody else in there. So there was definitely a little bit of that um, to the aspect. I also think the Dallas Cowboys have one of the best offensive lines in the league, so that's a big part of it as well. This will be a different challenge against the Washington Commanders. Obviously, Dexter Lawrence, you go back to the Week 7 matchup, Dexter Lawrence had his way with this Commanders offensive line, specifically Nick Gates. Like Dexter was just moving people like sofas and like chairs in a family room, rearranging furniture. So Nick Gates lost his job because of it. He's not starting anymore. Yeah, I mean, so that that's basically you know if you look at Dexter Lawrence, like he's got to have another big game like that. Um, obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau um, left that game against Dallas due to concussion. So we'll uh, we'll wait and see if he his availability on that, but. Um, anytime you have a guy pushing the pocket, it certainly makes those edge rushers' job a lot easier. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens, so go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? You know, it shows you as a team effort, too, because, Sean, I went back, and even though we didn't have the counting stats in the game, Dexter Lawrence was dominant again. I mean, this guy cannot be yeah. blocked. I just want to give you, a, I know we've done this a couple times before, but as a guy that used to play center and would have that guy lined up right in your grill on any given Sunday, just talk about Dexter Lawrence and, and how, frankly, unbelievably good he's been this year in those tackles. He's playing at elite level, and he, he's probably right now he's the Giants' best defensive player. And he might be their best player, period, to be honest right, with you. Right, you're right, on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I'd probably put Saquon offensively. Um, in that category. And maybe Andrew Thomas, too. And Andrew, yeah, when he's healthy, for sure. Um, but Dexter just, uh, he, he's not just this big blob. Like, he, he's so quick for somebody that big, and he's so athletic. So that's what makes him such a handful and such a challenge. And he does a great job with his hands. I mean, there's times where he's just, the, the ball is snapped, and he's just an, an unstoppable force as he just trucks offensive linemen, running backs. It's like any debris that's in his way is just flying off of him like bugs off of the windshield of a bus. And I, I think he's a tough task. Like, as offensive line, when you go and you start watching film on Wednesday and Thursday, you're like, how are we going to handle this guy? Like, as a center, it's how am I going to handle this guy one-on-one? Like, I, the guy that I compare him to is like, Sean Rogers in his heyday. 
Um, you go back and you kind of look at some of the big guys that moved inside, like Chris Jenkins when he was in Carolina, and then he came to the Jets. Um, Albert Al- Hainsworth, Albert Hainsworth that, yeah. and he actually ended up going to Washington from Tennessee. Um, that guy, when he played, when he wanted to play hard, he was unstoppable and he was unblockable. So Dexter Lawrence is in that category. Um, yeah, I think it'll be. I'll be curious to see how Washington counteracts that because they do like to throw the ball. Like, like who would have thought Sam Howell's leading the league in passing yards? It's because he also, he, I think he's leading the league in attempts. Nobody's throwing the ball more than Washington has. So that right there lets you know Dexter's going to be, he's going to have that on his mind, push the pocket, get that quarterback under duress, make him step up and step out and kind of get in harm's way. Johnson O Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. From game day to everyday, Citizens is made ready for Giant fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. And, Sean, it should get easier this week. Not to say Washington is not a good team, but they're not the Dallas Cowboys in terms of their ability on, on both sides of the ball, frankly. What did you take away from that first matchup against Washington, the last game the Giants came out with a victory, that you think helps you and, and gives you some confidence heading into the game this week that the Giants can build upon? Well, certainly you go back and you look. They held them seven points. You know, I, I think that was a huge plus. Uh, a number of big defensive stops, especially right there at the end of the game. And, and I think that really the matchups that you know you look at are all right. Who's covering Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson? Now, Jahan Dotson is more of an intermediate route guy, attack the middle of the field, whereas McLaurin is kind of your vertical threat. And we'll He's see about guy. injuries, by the way, to Deontay Banks and Cordell Flott and right. Adoree Jackson. Yeah, so we'll Dory, see. Adoree missed the Dallas game. Tay Banks and Cordell both left the game early, so those will be huge factors. Is Darnay, Darnay Holmes, a, a, you know, another factor in this in this secondary? Um, you know, I, I think it's it's really going to be, all right, what do we want to do? We have a team that we know want to throw the football. Do we want to bring pressure, which we know Wink Martindale wants to do? Or are we going to try to play a little bit more, like, conservative coverage and not give up that big play? So um, I think that's probably what the Giants are looking at and defensively where the forte is. Like, keep everything in front of you. Make them go 10, 11, 12 plays. Uh, to score, you can't give up the big explosive plays. And Sean, I want to see this offense move the ball a little bit. All right. Yeah. The Jets' defense is legit. The Giants could not move the ball well against them, but they're, they're an awesome defense. They're a really good defense. Dallas Cowboys' defense, really good defense. All right. They did not move the ball well enough against Vegas, yep. but that's losing Daniel Jones after the first quarter. DeVito did not have any snaps during the week. A little bit different. It's, it's tough. This week against this Washington defense, there's no Montez Sweat anymore. No Chase Young anymore. You have the two tackles. Their secondary has been, quite frankly, poor all year yeah. long. You should be able to move the ball a little bit in this game and score some points. Yeah, there should be some big chunk plays out there. And, and to your point, they've been giving up a lot of big plays in, this, in the back half of that defense. And without Montez Sweat and Chase Young, that puts even more stress on them because uh, they're not going to be getting the same quarterback rush as they did before. I think the challenge really, and we actually talked about this last week too, it's first down production for a guy like Tommy DeVito. You don't want to be in second and nine, second and ten, third and nine, third and ten. That's just not ideal. Um, this is a tough stretch in the schedule, obviously a three-game road streak um, here. So this is the third game on the road. You're going to have to deal with silent count and communication aspects of it. So I think it's first down production. And then when the Giants get in the red zone, you can cannot settle for field goals. And, look, I think Brian Dable goes for it on fourth and two. I thought it was the right call, by the way. I, I agree wholeheartedly. It's, it's the right call. We saw 
Sean Payton do the same thing on Monday night against Buffalo because it's you're on the road. You know the other team can score at, at, at an alarming clip. And you don't know when you're going to be back there again. Yeah, you can't just take three and think that's going to win you the football game. Right. So uh, th- that's uh, I'm, I'm fine with that call. I just think that the Giants have to do a better job of executing down in the red zone and finding a way to get in the end zone, whatever way that looks like, whatever shape that looks like. Um, obviously, you hope Jalen Hyatt, um, he left the game with a concussion as yeah. well. So you hope that he's back out there. Darren Waller, obviously, with the hamstring injury, probably not available. Um, yeah, still on IR. Still yep. on IR. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, your your red zone threats may be limited to Saquon and, um, you know, maybe Bellinger. Um, but I think those that's where you got to get creative. And on Washington, he usually plays two safeties deep. They play a lot of cover four, a lot of shell stuff. But you got to imagine with Tommy DeVito at quarterback, they're going to alter that a little bit, and they are going to yeah, put a lot of guys up in the him. box against Barkley. Yeah. So can DeVito do enough on early downs? And you're going to have to do some first down passes. You can't just run it on every first down here. You can't because they're going to stack the box. Can he do enough on those early passes to keep that Washington defense a little bit honest and then maybe use the pass to to get Saquon a little bit more room in the in in the running game? Yeah, and I think one of the things that's kind of shown up with Tommy DeVito is there have been a number of times where there is an unblocked defender, there's a blitzer, and it's it's a hot route, and he didn't see it. He's looking the wrong way. So you've got to know, all right, hey, look, if I've got three receivers over here, I need to be looking that way for the hot route. I can't get caught in the middle or, or getting caught off guard with that. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? Yeah, and I saw that at least once or twice in the game against Dallas as well. We basically rushed almost five the whole game. Yeah, they didn't need to do more. Yeah, they wanted to kind of create a lot of those one-on-ones. That was yeah. a play that annoyed the heck out of me, Sean. They max protected with they max protected on I think it was the second series or third and five. They max protected with eight against the five-man rush, and they just ran two goes on the outside against yeah. cover three, and it was man-on-man. Yeah. And by the time DeVito planted his back foot, that was what the play where Parsons stunted around, and Breda actually did a good job of picking right. him up at the last second, but it made DeVito move off his spot, and then all of a sudden, you don't have time to set your feet and get the ball down the field. So yeah. stuff like that has, has yeah. to be better when, when, when you get to set up those max protect opportunities. Giants fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named the 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by the Banker. As the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle, Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at CitizensBank.com. A couple of big picture stuff, Sean, here before we say goodbye. Uh, our folks, uh, Howard and Madeline, are coming in here to do BBK. But a lot was made of what happened on the sideline in that game. Uh, I had my spiel on this on Monday and my on the two-hour post-game show. I won't give mine. I thought it was a whole lot to do about nothing. Yeah. Like, huh, a head coach having a long conversation with the defensive coordinator when he gave up 28 points and a half. Right. Don't you want that to happen? Yeah. I mean, the head coach should probably care that you gave up 28 points. So, so d- d- for you, are there any concerns here of the fabric of the team starting to, to pull apart here? after a couple of tough losses. No, I have zero concerns uh, about that. And to be honest with you, that has probably been going on every single game. But people are paying attention to it because there was a little bit of a, oh, my Xavier McKinney is saying something. So now all of a sudden he's focused on it. Um, you absolutely, you go through game situation, game scenarios. Hey, what are we doing? Also, the personnel aspect is part of the conversation too. Hey, we're down this guy, this guy, and this guy. Okay. And they so did have a lot have of injuries, the right? Yeah. Good point. And that affects the special teams as well. I didn't even so think about that. That's There's good point. all kinds of communications with, hey, do we have that package anymore? No. Remember that blitz we put in for the, yeah, we can't run it because Tay Banks is out and so is Cardell Flott. So there's a lot of things you have to iron out. The communication is 
a paramount. You have to have that. I would be more concerned if they didn't talk. If they were like, stay a hell away from me, don't come anywhere near me, then I would be worried. It's kind of like that whole thing, like if you're married, you know, it's like your wife's giving you the silent treatment. Like that might be worse than actually talking out, hashing it out. But I don't see any issues with that. And, you know, players too. Same thing. Like on game day, like everybody's fired up. Everybody gets frustrated. I've yelled at coaches before. I've had coaches yell at me. If you're down 28 nothing, field, I and, want and you to happens. be mad, Sean. Absolutely. I, I want, want you, to you to be mad. I want you to be upset with it and be frustrated with it. Like, don't just take it lying down. And again, it's not like you're arguing, yelling about, oh, it's me, 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 I want the ball. It's about me. This is yeah. about team performance. So I actually I don't feel have the opposite, John, because oh, I feel like I feel like this would be, that would have been the game and that would have been the time when you see like players just being like, I'm, you know, that's it, tapping out. And I didn't see that. Yeah, I, like, exactly. I, I agree. I go down. They scored a touchdown. Like, guys were playing their hearts out. Um, I don't feel like this locker room ha- has any of that dissension. And look, the, I mean, this locker room has been through a lot. Like Daniel Jones was hurt, then he came back. Now he's hurt again. Tyrod Taylor comes in. Now he's hurt. Now Tommy DeVito's in. Like the quarterback, when you start losing your quarterback and your backup quarterback, all of a sudden you start to kind of lose your identity and your leadership offensively because your quarterback kind of needs to be that guy. Saquon has tried to step up. Every time – they showed Saquon on the sideline. He's going around and kind of like pumping guys up. He's trying to really put this team on his back. Um, and, and so I actually feel like the leadership has been good from that aspect. I think Andrew Thomas is a quiet leader. Justin Pugh has been a great addition mm-hmm. to that. Hey, be one, of, be one of those glue guys, keeping everybody together. I don't see dissension among the, amongst the troops. They're frustrated. They're upset. But at no point do I look at this team and say, man, they are dysfunctional because that's not the case. All right, so put on your old Giants helmet. You were a captain for this team. You were a veteran leader in the locker room. A lot of the younger guys, especially, who come from big college programs and big high school programs, have never lost like this. Yeah. This is new for them. This is like, whoa, what's happening? There's probably even some older players, like a Kayvon Thibodeau, who's in his second year. He's probably never lost games like this before. So as a veteran and a captain, what do you say to some of your teammates to make sure what you're talking about doesn't start to happen? What does the mindset have to be? And how do you kind of communicate to your teammates about how you have to handle now these final seven games. Yeah, it's really, can I trust that you're going to give your all for me and I'm going to give my all for you? And it's that becomes, we're playing for each other. Uh, you know, the, the world is against you mentality, whatever you want to call it. It's, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and I'm going to play my butt off out of respect for you because I know you're doing the same thing. So it's that accountability factor that has to come in. And look, you're getting paid to play the game. You're getting paid to win the game, all right? And I, I think that as a pro... That's one of the tough things as a young guy is learning like this is a business. I would remind everybody in the locker room, we will not be here together again. This same group of guys will not be here next year. There are guys that will leave via free agency. There are guys that will be cut. There are guys that will be traded. We will bring in new guys. You will not make the team. So like, don't take for granted the locker room right now and the guys you're playing with and the fact that you have this time right now together as a team. Look, the, the, the record, like throw that out the window. Every single week you get a chance to compete and to go out there and to do something that you dreamed about as a kid. You get to play in the NFL. That is what's paramount, and that's what they need to focus on. Sean, always a pleasure, my friend. Good stuff. Thanks, Johnny. Sean O'Hara, John Schmelk, John Sato Podcast, brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. We'll be back next week for another episode. And stay tuned. Next couple days we're going to have our Papa's Perspective. Bob Papa talks to Bart Oates about a game from the 80s against the Washington Commanders. Love me some Bart Oates. Yes, Mr. Oates. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle. Peace. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, 
have a plan, and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended silver unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.